Hello, everybody. Welcome to the SWAT radio program. I'm David Gray, along with Brad Sykes. And we are once again in for, well, I'm, I'm kind of in for Doug McCary, or I'm in for Brad, or however you want to figure it. It gets too complicated for me. But anyway, we're glad you're with us here on SWAT Radio. It's, it is Wednesday, August 24th, and we are coming to you live from the Salem Center. And as always, appreciate you listening on any of our outlets, WMOX, WMER in Meridian, Mississippi, WPMH in Chesapeake, Virginia, WTRJ here in Jacksonville, and the... Uh, other local channels, 91.9 and 91.3 in St. Augustine and Folkestone, Georgia. Remember, you can listen on the SWAT Radio app or on SWATradio.com. So, Brad, it feels like we've uh, we've been here now together for weeks. I'm getting used to this. <laughs> I'm kind of enjoying this. I I, uh, I got a text from Doug this morning. He said he's he doesn't have great reception where he is, but he's kind of caught a couple of things. And uh, um, anyway, I said, hey, don't worry about us. We, we got we got it covered, uh, although our listeners may not agree, but uh, we, we're glad you've hung with us uh, last week and this week. We'll, In fact, uh, we'll be back together again on Friday, and I want our listeners to uh, make sure they make sure you tune in tomorrow. You know, as we've been kind of working our way through I- explaining the gospel, and you were just reminding me, David, of our of our time in the Philippines together. We knew each other through through the SWAT uh, Bible studies, but we we really got to know each other when we got into a, I don't know, what would you call that, like a paddy wagon or something? Yeah, well, everybody was met by... Everybody was met by vans at the airport. There were two or three vans. and um, So there was, how many of there was? Was there 12 or 14 of us? 12, like 12 of us plus Doug, I think, or maybe Doug was the 12th, but uh, everybody went into vans, but you and I went into a special van. <laughs> <laughs> that had no back seats where all the luggage was piled in and we were just sitting in the back kind of a, among the luggage now i can't even remember if we were enclosed or in an open air type I think setting it was open air. i think I it mean, was open air but yeah. but what we were laughing about was it it the vehicle got pulled over by yes. the manila police yeah. about 20 minutes outside of the airport and it was that was, tra- that, was that in manila yeah yeah, yeah well it yeah. was it was not far after not long after we left the airport and Turns out it was just it was a fairly benign thing. It was a registration issue or something like that. But we were pulled over on that was our welcome to the Philippines. We were on the side of a busy road at about two in the morning, I think. Uh, After about a what sixteen hour flight. I yeah, think. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I remember sitting in the back back there. In fact, when we came out of the airport, and and yeah, we immediately got greeted by you know the group that was going to be. Uh, Kind of uh, working with us, co-laboring with us, and they've got these uh, these kind of SUVs, like little mini SUVs. And I remember loading up the back of those things with all our luggage, as you said, twelve of us. And uh, I thought, where are we all going to sit? And so I don't know if you were thinking like I was. Well, I'll just you, you ever do that? I'll, I'll I'll be the servant here. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how we wound up in the back of the I, luggage van, you know, honestly. You're, but. you're never that guy who takes the head seat, you know, at the table, you right. know, because well, hey, we, we're we're being obedient to the word of God. That's you know, right. Don't ever take That's right. the, the important seat. So we took the the unimportant seat in the back, and uh, yeah, that was a. 
And I think that was at least a two-hour drive to where we were going. Yeah, it was one of the craziest rides I've ever been a part of, although it makes for a great story. Well, and you and I, You know, you and I just, you know, it was kind of, it was 75% laughter and funny and 25% concern. <laughs> but I was, I was thinking that I think we were even texting our wives from there. Something like and that, And I remember, yeah. I think I shot a video of us in the back of that truck. And uh, with the police car behind us, yep. And this is this is welcome to the Philippines. Yes, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but with that being said, it made me realize, <clears throat> you know, you get to know somebody when you get in the back of a truck with them for a couple of hours. Absolutely. And then you and, then you and I got paired up. I think a couple of times. Yeah. Well, we week. were we were the first. Uh, the way that trip worked, and by the way, we were with the Bob Tebow at, at right. Evangelistic Association. Right. He had he Bob had approached Doug about. Uh, helping out that summer, Bob had an unbelievable six-week mission over there that he did, I think, every summer and gets yeah. volunteers from all over the country and maybe all over the world. And um, But anyway, we went, yeah, and you and I went out the next morning. We were the first, we were paired together the first morning. And that was a that was an interesting experience, too. We were going around to schools, basically, right. and we had permission from the government, it was kind of under their morality mm-hmm. program, if right. you will, kind of like a just say no type exactly. program. And uh, we were allowed um, to to give a gospel presentation, and we did it. But we really didn't know how it was going to work. By the end of the week, I think we all felt we knew the routine, we were comfortable with it. We had our we had our talk, which which really we was we started this conversation because our our presentations over there were using the four points. That we've been covering here, three so far, God's original plan uh, for a perfectly dependent relationship, our problem, sin, you know, and our inability to solve that problem and make ourselves right with God, God's solution, which is what we're talking about now mm-hmm. in Jesus, and mm-hmm. then we're going to get to this, but our response to Jesus. Yeah, and those that'll, were be, the, that'll be next week. Th- those were the four points, and uh, so talking about this this week is bringing back, I, I was telling you, joking with you, I still have the index cards I used you for those presentations, those. I, I will. Yeah, I'll bring them in. Well, and and we really, you know, I think it was we did some training before that trip, just so because honestly, I think there were I don't know how many guys were with us that had never been on any kind of foreign mission trip, right. and that is something that's really it's been a, a very important element to SWAT is that we want men. Yes, we want them to be on mission right here, right where you live. But we're we're commanded go go make disciples, teach them you know baptize them yeah. uh, around the world yeah. and so to take twelve guys and go over there it was it was critical that before we go over we understand what we're here to do yeah and so we essentially went through this training that that we're working through yeah and uh, and you know, it's and once you've done it you know I, I remember those first couple of schools we hit on that first day is a little nervousness. Oh, you know, sure. It's one thing to go to Starbucks and sit across the table from somebody and right. share the gospel. Maybe, maybe you're more nervous doing that than you are standing in front of 400 students yeah. Yeah. and sharing the yeah. gospel. Well, there is something to be said. I, I've found it in my life and maybe others can relate to this. I do think it's easier to share with someone that I don't know as well, mm. honestly, mm-hmm. than it is with somebody that I know really well or a family member because I don't know what it is, but it's hard sometimes to be vulnerable right. with those that you're closer with. And, I, I again, that's just the way the dynamic works. Yeah. So, so now, with that said, 
it was still nerve wracking getting up on that stage in the Philippines, you know, five hours after we went to bed after oh, yeah. being in that vehicle the night before. And it was kind of crazy, but what a great week. And and it went by in a flash. We, we were busy. We were going out every day. And, and, and it was a great example. Not only, and, and by the way, you don't have to go to the Philippines. Like we said, no, this was just one of those special opportunities and 99% of our mission is going to be in our sphere of influence and mm-hmm. in our, in our local area. Um, this, but, but this was just one of those opportunities that came up and, and Doug said something to me as only Doug can, right? He mm-hmm. can be very persuasive. Um, but he said something to me that I've remembered that kind of changed the way I pray about things. And when he first mentioned it to me, you know, and I was guilty of this, my default reaction was, Oh, I can't do that. Yeah. I can't do that. I can't go to the Philippines mm-hmm. and I don't have that money to raise, you know, I don't to go and spend that kind of time. And is it dangerous and this and that, and, and all those natural, you know, thoughts that come to you. And, and Doug said, you know, these kind of things, when they're presented are often the way, especially when they're presented by other believers, mm-hmm. the way that God puts things in front of us that he has planned for us to do. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he wants us to do. And so rather than pray, Lord, should I do this? Yeah. Settle on, I'm going to do this, Lord, unless you put up an obstacle to indicate yeah. that you don't want me <clears throat> to do this. Because it seems like it's something that the Bible commands us to do. It, it, it yeah. doesn't seem like it is. Well, and not. Let, let me just add to that, and I think, uh, and I'm glad you brought that up because, uh, and I'll share a story similar. But it's not only, hey Lord, I'm going to do this because I want to be obedient right. to what you've commanded me to do. You've commanded us to do this. Now, Lord show me where I'm supposed to go. Right, right. And uh, we've got a luncheon tomorrow here in Jacksonville. Uh, we're already sold out, but uh, I know you're going to be there. And we're really talking about uh, discipleship in the marketplace. And for most of us, we don't have to look as to where we're supposed to make disciples. Mm-hmm. It's wherever you are. Right. In fact, uh, Jesus said, go therefore and make disciples. That idea of go, therefore, is the idea of as you're going. So wherever you're going, make disciples there. Right Now, these opportunities that present themselves to go to the Philippines or India or Costa Rica or wherever it is, uh, God, show me that that's where you want me to go. Right. Because I know you want me to share the gospel. Right, right. Just confirm that that's yeah. where I'm supposed to be. I'm going to plan on it. And if you don't want me there, if there's a reason I shouldn't go, make that clear. Yeah. And yeah. he will. Yeah. But like with that, with the Philippines, going back to that, there there was nothing. Once once I said I'm going, it just all fell into place, and I I'm so glad that I went. And and it's not only about sharing the gospel, but it's about bonding with your brothers. Oh well, there's again, that's kind of what we started <clears throat> off with. It's yeah. just the the joy. First of all, sit in the studio with you for a week, and and then, but then remember, sometimes you have to go back and go. Wait, how did we originally get connected? Right. And right. yeah, we we were together in SWAT Bible study, right. but oftentimes in a Bible study you don't you don't necessarily connect unless right. there's some discussion time afterwards. Right. But we connected. Nothing like being, sharing the gospel yeah. in the Philippines. Yeah, it's the old uh, be in the backseat of an open air vehicle in the <laughs> Philippines getting stopped by the police story. Everybody has that story. Oh, everybody. Yeah. 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 We're gonna take our first break. Uh, glad you're with us on SWAT Radio, David Gray and Brad Sykes, and we will be 
diving back into our topic today of uh, Jesus as the solution to our sin problem. Come on back. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental, and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. Look down from a broken sky, traced out by the city lights. My world from a mile high, best seat in the house tonight. Touchdown in the cold black top, hold on for the sudden stop, breathing the familiar shock of confusion and chaos. Welcome back to SWAT Radio, everyone. David Gray and Brad Sykes. Doug is away this week at a uh, firearms training course, uh, kind of took some guys up to Georgia at a place that specializes in that, and hopefully they're doing well and having a great time, and he's been there before doug has and just raved about this place not only the instruction that they get but just the uh the bonding like we were just talking about with the philippines that the uh that the guys go through while they're there so we are glad you're with us uh again we've been talking this week uh and last week actually for the past few weeks about um the book by john (laughs) MacArthur, the gospel according to jesus and kind of going through that uh for a few weeks in advance of jumping back into acts when the SWAT Bible studies start up here locally in Jacksonville again uh, in September. I think we're starting on September 14th. Yes, Is that right? I think that's right. And you can go to SWATradio.com uh, to find out the times and locations of all of the SWAT Bible studies. And like Brad was talking about yesterday, if you're not connected to a, a study, a men's study, a men's group, we would love to have you at, uh, at, one, of our, at one of our studies. And uh, if you have any questions, there's a lot of information on – SWATradio.com, but if you have questions, um, you can email uh, to ask at SWATradio.com, uh, and either Doug or Brad would be happy to, to respond to that. Um, but again, we'd love to love to see you at a SWAT Bible study. Yeah. Well, you know, not to go back over what we were talking about um, in the first segment about going to the Philippines, <clears throat> but there's nothing quite like being able to share the gospel and to see souls saved. Mm. And and while we know it didn't that we were we were just broken vessels used by God to proclaim His word, and I I, uh, I uh, reminded of is it First Peter uh, first or Second Peter uh, I don't know First Peter three nine something like that uh, that you're you're a chosen people a royal priest mm. a holy nation right you are a people of God's own possession 
that you might proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness and into light. And, and you know, just to be used by God in that way to go, whether it's to your neighbor, a coworker, a child, uh, one of your own children, grandchildren, or if it's all the way around the world to go share the gospel, what, what an un, it, it's almost it, it just mind boggling well, that God would use you and me, yeah. these broken, <laughs> sinful people, right. that he would use us as the, as the conduit, if you will, to connect with lost people yeah. and that he would use us as in that process. He doesn't need us, by the way. Nope. But we offer ourselves to him and he uses us. Yep. So cool. And how wild will it be? And this applies to anybody who's ever told someone about Jesus, told them about their faith, and then may never see them again. We will never see, unless there's some miracle, <laughs> any of those kids <coughs> that we spoke to, again, mm-hmm. in, in this life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But what if God uses that time? And, and, you know, like Paul writes, you know, one waters, one plants, one waters, one reaps. We don't know what else is going to happen in those kids' lives over the years and who else will God will use in their lives. But will we see some of those kids <laughs> in heaven? And, and will we, because we're in heaven and perfected and all that, you know, be able to know them and, and know that we met them and spoke to them and had an interaction with them, you know, in this life, who knows? I, I don't know the answer to that, except that if, if, if they become part of God's elect, if they are part of God's elect, I shouldn't say become, and we are, then then we will see them, and I would anticipate that we'll know them. And uh, how how great will that be? <laughs> well, and I'm, I'm thinking back not only the, the 12 of us, uh, the 12 men from SWAT who went with Bob, Tebow, and, and a lot of other people because we got paired up with a number of other people Correct. that were there, and I still keep in touch yep. with almost all those people. Yep. And, uh the very last day that we were there, um, I got well. Me and another person got the opportunity to share with the largest high school over there, and there were about forty-two hundred students yeah. that afternoon as we stood on that stage and looked. I still have great pictures of that. Right. But what was cool is that uh, when we first went to that school earlier in the week, the principal of the school initially said, "No way, you're not doing that." Well. We got a call back about two days later that she wanted us to come back. So we went back, and we met with her again. What exactly are you all going to do? So we, we kind of told her what we were going to do. But what was amazing is we got to share the gospel with her mm-hmm. first. Mm-hmm. Well, trans, you know, just totally transformed by that message and said, I want you back here tomorrow, the, ne- the very next day. Wow. And we got to do that. Wow. Now, like you said. I mean, there were a lot of decisions, as we call them, made that week. And we don't know. I mean, honestly, yeah. we really don't know. Right. But uh, we will know one day. That's right. And that's pretty cool. Yeah. And you mentioned the high school. My, my, the one that I remember the most was, you know, as you know, most of them, we had to go in and have our talk translated yes. into yeah. Tadalic. Yeah. A lot of the kids were elementary school age, middle school age. But going into high school, those kids were pretty fluent in English by that point. Yeah. Yeah, and I remember, right. and, and they love basketball, 
And I would tell them, I would say, I'm from Boston, so what team do I like? And a whole mess of them would yell they out knew. the Celtics. They knew. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, they knew. And um, But I just remember being able to speak in English, and them, they were the most polite kids. All the kids were unbelievably yeah. polite and hospitable. But I just remember these high school kids just listening so intently and how emotional it was for me. Yeah. And, and I didn't have to be interrupted and stopped to be translated. Mm-hmm. I could just keep going. And it was it was very, very powerful. Yeah. I, I think it, you know, it probably affected us as much or more than it does those, those kids. And I think that's a huge part of evangelizing yeah. because yeah. God has deemed that that's the way he's going to bring his elect yeah. into the kingdom. Yeah. And I think it's as much for those doing the talking as it is for those doing the listening well we are just the mouthpiece that, right. that is all we are absolutely and and you're right the just the joy the the absolute joy you have in doing the work of the ministry of of sharing the gospel um you know we, i was thinking ezekiel thirty four eleven. uh the lord says behold i myself will search for my sheep mm. and seek them out now, interesting. Yeah, we went over there, but we were, we were, uh, we weren't seeking lost people. <laughs> They're just everywhere. They're right. all around us. Right. All we're supposed to do is share that yep. God is using us and directing us where He wants us to go. Right. Now we're supposed to have a boldness, and this message that we're talking about last week and this week and next week, this message has to be on our lips. Mm. Has to be on our heart has to be on our mind and it has to be on our lips. And so uh anyway, I, I know we're going to we're going to break here in just a minute, but let's take uh I think yesterday we were in Luke 4. Yep. Uh let's look at Luke, I mean John 10. John 10 and obviously we're looking at a couple of different passages this week and just kind of unpacking them and giving some yep. some clarity to yep. this. Passages so, that that Either identify by some by, by prophecy or Jesus himself identifying himself as mm-hmm. the Messiah mm-hmm. and the and the solution, God's solution to our problem. So I think I have time to read this before the yeah. break, but let yeah. me read this John ten uh, verses seven through eighteen. So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep, and I have other sheep that are not of this fold, I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock and one shepherd. For this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my Father. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. 
Powerful. Very. So this is that passage about the good shepherd. And, uh, you know, just a quick, quick story. Um, we talk often about the importance of shepherding. And uh, I, I do a couple of talks around every once in a while where I'll come in and speak about, as fathers, we are the shepherd uh, of our homes. We're, we're, we're supposed to shepherd our flock that God has uniquely given to us. And you and I were talking earlier in the week about being over in Israel and in Nazareth specifically. Do you remember when you were in Nazareth meeting the uh, the, the shepherd? Mm-hmm. Uh, and he kind of gives a talk about shepherding. Yep. And you may have heard this story before, but we were in the back of the group, and so Doug kind of said, hey, can you make sure, just kind of stay in the back and push everybody to make sure we're not leaving anybody behind. And so we're at that station in Nazareth, and uh, my wife Vicky's with me, and we're in the very back listening. And I, well, I leaned over to Vicky. I said, hey, when, when people kind of move on to the next station, I want to talk to the shepherd. And uh, she was like, fine. You know, so we, we go up, and everybody's kind of moved on to the next station. And I asked him, and his English was fairly good. And I said, hey, can I, can I, you know, I want to get a picture. I want to ask you a question. And anyway, here was my question. I said, how long have you been, how long have you been shepherding sheep? And he said, oh, 50 years, over mm-hmm. 50 years. I said, wow. I said, well, how many sheep can a, can a good shepherd, you know, manage, right. essentially? And uh, he said, well, it changes. I mean, when you first get started, you can only handle a few, but as you do it year after year, you usually take on more responsibility. He said, but generally about 200, 250. And I said, wow, that's a lot of sheep. He said, yeah, but a good shepherd uh, knows his sheep. And it was like, did you just open up the Bible? But I want to tell a little bit of story about that, and then we'll jump into it when we come back from our from our break. Yeah, that's very interesting. And uh, not only does the good shepherd know the sheep, but I'm sure you're going to talk about the sheep get to know the shepherd. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, so that 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 that'll be a cool illustration. Glad you're with us here on SWAT Radio, David Gray and Brad Sykes. We're going to take a break here at the bottom of the hour for the news. But we will be back after the break and hope you will continue to listen on SWAT Radio. to SWAT Radio, everyone. David Gray and Brad Sykes with you here in the second half hour of the program. And you know, Brad, I've been petitioning Steve to let me sing the lead-in music, but I, I so say far, go for it. So uh, far, he hasn't let me do that. Let me see if I can pull some strings and Steve will uh, give you a... <laughs> I, wish, I wish people could see the look he just gave me through the window. <laughs> like, you kidding me? We want people to listen, not turn the radio off. I think you sound pretty good, to be honest. No, and, uh, and not as a singer. 
Yeah. Didn't we, when we were on our trip in the Philippines a few years ago, didn't we sing in the morning? We did some singing or something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Doug would gather everybody in the wee hours before we set out on our, on our tasks for the day. And I think we, we sang a few songs there in the morning. I think we learned a few from uh, from the Philippine yeah, did, yeah. pastors who were working for Bob Tebow's organization. So <laughs> we, yeah, we were rocking that hotel early yeah, in the morning. Yeah. I remember we were doing uh, we were actually doing Bible studies in the morning before as we're having breakfast. Right. I, I think I did one. I think Rich Griffith did yep, one. We did, and uh, we we had a good time. That was that was really fun. Hey, let me pick up on this story. Sure. that I was telling you. So we're over in Nazareth, and uh, I asked the shepherd who's been doing this for 50 years, um, you know, how many, how many sheep can a shepherd really manage, you know? And, uh, so anyway, he told me, he said, you know, when you get first get started, it's just a few, but you gradually grow as you become more responsible, you become more familiar with the process of shepherding and, and the job itself. And, uh, and he told me, you know, up, up to 200, 250 sheep, uh, that a good shepherd can actually, uh, manager steward over and uh i said man that's a lot of sheep he said oh the he goes you know what's interesting is as you the more time you spend with those sheep they you know them well Mm. he said and in fact in the pitch of the night no light out there except the stars if there are any out but you can't really see the sheep a good shepherd can put his hand around the neck of the sheep so kind of the back part of the sheep, and just by putting his hand there, he knows what mm. sheep that is, mm. and they are named. Mm. Now, think about that from a pastoral role, because as pastors, pastors are to be shepherds. Mm-hmm. How many of our pastors, shepherds, know their sheep like mm. that? You know, and, yep. and this is not a knock on right. uh, large churches. I'm in one. I think you're in a, a large church. But how important is it that we really know those that we are shepherding. Yeah. In fact, I was looking, I was going through this. Anyway, I, I left that meeting and I literally had chills. I was mm. like, wow. Yeah. And, and, and listen to the, listen to this passage. I'm going to go just a little ahead of where you were. You were in John 10 verse seven through 18, but listen to this. Uh, this is uh, John 10 verse three. It says, um, To him, the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Mm. And it also says, verse 5, a stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him. For they do not know the voice of strangers. Mm. And it it makes me think about the importance of knowing God's word. Yes. And you know, so many we're we're so easily distracted by all the sparkly things out there yep. and the theology of that that's out there, and yet it says here that the sheep know his voice. Yeah. The sheep don't know the stranger's voice. Yep. They flee from him. And I think we're, you know, and maybe it's a different sidetrack here, but the importance of knowing the Word of God, the importance of being in community with other sheep mm-hmm. is very important. Yeah. Well, Jesus is our is God's solution to our problem. And we started to talk about this yesterday, not 
well, first and foremost, he's the solution to our sin problem in that he reconciles us to God through his death, his blood, his death, his resurrection. He pays the penalty for our sin, and he imputes to us his righteousness, right? The, we, I have a friend who refers to this, would refer to this as a big boy theological term. <laughs> It's deep, D- double the deep imp- end of the pool. Double imputation. But his righteousness is imputed to us, and and our account, our our sin is imputed to him. But, of course, it's covered, and, and, and he's raised by God and, 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 and um, accepted by God as the only acceptable sacrifice. But then you got into this yesterday. Beyond that, as his followers, we are blessed, the Bible says, with every spiritual blessing in the heavenlies. Mm. Um, and so this idea of if we are going to follow him, then we better know him. Yeah. And how do we, and, and I was talking about this being convicted of this in my own life, that there are times when I think I'm not really doing enough to know Jesus. Mm-hmm. The Bible says to draw near to God yeah. uh, and he'll draw near to us. And, and, and what am I doing to draw near? And the way primarily that we know him and draw near is in, in his word. Yeah. And, and, you know, you said about, read the scripture about my sheep know my voice and they won't follow strangers. Well, we can get sidetracked. We won't ultimately follow strangers if we belong to him. That's impossible. Mm-hmm. We can't lose our salvation. Right. But we can sure get sidetracked. And if, and especially in my case, I know if I'm not regularly in the word, if I'm not staying close to him, then it's easy to get off on other, as you said, get attracted, mm-hmm. get distracted mm-hmm. by mm-hmm. sparkly things. I was yeah. telling you before we came on, and I, I promise I'm not going to get into this because this could be a whole, a whole week of shows. But we had a uh, we have a Tuesday night group at my church men's group, and we had a guest speaker last night who had done a lot of research on Mormonism. And I'm not I'm not picking on people here, but just to use that as an example, if you don't know the truth of what Scripture says, you can easily how did Mormonism get 17 million mm-hmm. followers? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And probably a lot of people that were exposed yeah. to, to true Christianity. Yeah. So yeah. It, it's so important. Alistair Begg, I remember saying, ignorance breeds confusion. Yeah, You'll believe anything. People oh, will believe anything if they don't know the truth. And, of course, to really know the truth, God has to do that. But yeah. And I will stop there because I think we have a caller. We do. Herman Her- from Virginia Beach. Are you with us? I am, guys. How are you doing? Man, we are doing I mean, better than we deserve, as they say. How about yourself? Hey, Amen. Listen, it's a pleasure to hear you guys defending and standing for the word. And uh, Doug and I normally uh, speak with Doug whenever I'm there. He's familiar with me from Virginia Beach. I, I think I'm familiar with you, Herman. Shout out to him. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, okay, okay. Um, but anyways, you guys are talking about witnessing. And, uh, you know, I'm, I've been teaching a Zoom class within my church on the Lord's Prayer. Mm. And we were actually uh, talking about how when we enter into the Lord's Prayer, we're actually offering ourselves as part of the solution, wherein most people, as they think we just pray and God miraculously, miraculously does everything from on high, He's act, we're actually asking him to use us in our Jerusalem to do whatever is needed if, if it's something we can do. And so... Uh, make a long story short, I was just coming back from North Carolina from visiting my dad. Actually, my dad came uh, My dad came home from, uh, he'd been in the hospital for the last four months. He had a burn on his left leg, and uh, he, he was setting brush fire and caught a fire. 
had third degree burns in the hospital mm. for four months. And I was there, not going to be there on the day that he came home after that fight and all those prayers. Of, uh, so I was there, got him home. And on my way back, after being there a week to assess what he needed while he was there, um, I, I stopped at a place in Williamston, North Carolina. And it was a barbecue place. I went in. I had lunch. While I was in there, I met a minister and her husband. And he had a walker, reminded me of my dad, because my dad's using a walker now to get around. And we slowly got into a conversation that led into the fact that she was a believer and her husband was a believer. And as we were talking back and forth over a couple of tables, we didn't realize that we had gathered an audience that was listening hmm. openly. And, and we were talking about how everybody's looking for an answer to our solutions for America, but nobody's looking to God. And that's where the answer is. You know, not in Biden, not in Trump, not in our, our government. The answer is in Christ. And so, and so because we have not turned that way, we can, we're staying in this circle in the wilderness of 20 years of, of bickering and fighting and hating and, and, and racism and all this stuff fighting. We're saying the simple answer is Jesus. Amen. And everybody's looking for a person. They're looking for something tangible that they can see in front of them, and the answer's in Jesus. Now, didn't realize another preacher was listening and a lost man was listening. Mm. And I had warned that lady when we first started talking. I said, listen, I said, we better stop talking. I said, because we'll wind up having church in here. And that would be a bad thing. I said, but we all came to eat. <laughs> so as I was getting ready to go, I went back to her and just say, uh, could you be a part of my Zoom class? Because I really, I think you would be able to connect with some of the women that are there since you're in ministry. And, and we started, it started again. The fire broke out again. And, and the, the one guy that was agreeing with us openly as he was eating, he would just say, amen, I believe that. Mm. That's so true. I went to him. The Spirit led me and said, go to him. He's in agreement, but there's a chance that he's hearing the truth, but he's never accepted it as truth. Yes. Sure enough. I broke up to this brother, walked up to him. I said, hey, I said, uh, I said, if you died today, I said, you 100% sure heaven will be your home? And he did, he did, he could not answer yes. Wow. I said, let me ask you this. I said, do you think I showed up here by accident? He said, nope. He said, because I know you ain't from around here. He said, because the truth you're speaking, I've never heard it before, but I know that it's true. And, mm. and I said, do you believe God would save you right now if we prayed? And I knelt down with this brother on the floor. <laughs> In Porky, it's in Williamson. And we prayed right there. He accepted Jesus Christ as Savior. Now, granted, as, as, as I was praying, the minister and her husband was clapping and cheering and praising God for what was going on. And I'm telling you guys, it was the most exciting of my catches of men that I've ever experienced. Because this guy was in agreement, but he had not partaken of God's his grace. And, 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 and we were talking about forgiveness he said, man, he said, as I, after he prayed the prayer, he was, his eyes were full of tears, and he said, I've wronged a lot of people, and i got to get it right. Oh, but wow. I took his number uh. and been sending him some scriptures so I can disciple him and get him going in the right way. But, but in accordance with what you guys are saying, I say, I've always said this. Our Jerusalem never stops. Whether we're in the Philippines, where you're in Williamson, North Carolina, if yeah. you're a child of the king, yeah. as you move, your Jerusalem moves, and it may be that God is going to use you well within your Jerusalem to do a great work. we got to have our eyes open and our ears going and be willing and ready to respond. So, yeah, we do need to know the word, and we do need to know that we may be an answer to somebody else's prayer for that person's life to get saved. So because he didn't know God and his father, I know he's my father, his, his father. And so 
was in a situation where God used me, and I encourage everybody. As your, your Jerusalem might be in, in yours is in Florida, mine is here wherever I go. But it's a constant. Your Jerusalem is constantly shifted, and everybody can't do everything, but everybody can do something. And as many members of one body, right. we put it all together. It's a great work of the body of Christ working and laboring together to seek and to, and to lead and to give out the, the truth and let them do with it what they want to do. So I, I thank you guys for bringing up that point. I just want to give my testimony to let people know, hey, your Jerusalem don't stop just because you ain't home. It's still going. And keep your eyes and your ears open because God might use you to do a great work even though you're not in a familiar place. Oh, that's great, Herman. We're, we're going to just sit back and let you keep going the rest of the <laughs> the rest of the program here. That that's a great story, and we won't forget it either because it happened at Porky's. That that's a great that's a great story. That's great. Well, that's awesome. Uh, you know, yes, Herman, yes, I, I just got to tell you, thank you, thank you, thank you for calling in. You know, Doug and I over the years, and David as well, we've <coughs> sat behind these mics. We're going to be faithful to proclaim God's word. Uh, it's an encouragement to know there are people out there hearing it, and it's even a greater encouragement to hear you and others who are actually uh, picking up the baton and doing the work of the gospel. Yep. And I, you know, I, I, I uh, we brought it up earlier in the program that you know Jesus's last command before he ascended to the Father was go make disciples, even at Porky's. You know, I mean, uh, that's great. <laughs> you know, that, they thought they were going to get some physical food. They ended up getting some spiritual food. And you just never know, you never know who God has for us to meet with today. And quite frankly, and we'll let you go, but I think the, 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 the there's so many points that you've made here. But we are, in fact, it was at Acts 1, verse 8. Well, verse 7 says, He said to them, It is not for you to know times and seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. It doesn't say you might be my witnesses. You will be my witnesses right. in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be in the Philippines. It may be Porky's. It may be That's in right. your child's bedroom. Right. And right. and we are to be faithful. And the, the message of the gospel has got to be on our lips. And, and Herman, thank you that it was on your heart. It was on your mind. And it was on your lips, and God gave you eyes to see and ears to hear, and you engaged. And so, uh, man, praise God. That's, praise a, God. that's great, Herman. And you, you, you guys. Yeah, you know, one last thing. You made a great point, and just to add on to what Brad said, you were, you were watching for the opportunity. And I think that's another important point. Wherever we are, and you said you weren't at home, but you were still watching for the opportunity and listening for the opportunity and I think, you know, I'm, I know I'm guilty sometimes of not doing that. And that's important. We have to be looking for it because and expecting it because those opportunities can so easily just zip right by us if we're not paying attention. So thanks for that reminder. All right. All right, Herman, have a great one, man. Love you guys. Love thanks, you too. Herman. You look, too. look forward to the next time you All right. call. <laughs> oh, that's a great story. Well, And by the way, uh, we missed our, our uh, quarter hour, quarter quarter hour a break steve thank you for letting herman continue yeah, that was, uh i just boy you get calls like that you should go no 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 commercials yeah i was only half joking when i said we should just let him keep going that I'll, was i'll write a check if i need to write a check or something <laughs> <Steve>. <laughs> oh, that that's a that's a i'm so glad very apropos for what we're talking about and yes, uh great yes. great great story well and it, it made me think i had this uh quote you're familiar with this quote by augustine i may have mentioned it earlier in the week says you, you 
Augustine famously said, You have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our heart is restless until it finds its rest in you. Mm-hmm. Here's a guy at Porky's. He, he hears what's going on, but he's not resting yeah. in Christ. Yeah. And, you know, I think other times, maybe there's we need to bring some clarity to the fact that what does it really mean to give your testimony, as yeah. Herman just did? It's not... I always hate to say it's my testimony. It's not really my testimony. It's God writing his story yeah. through me. And right. that we're just to be faithful. As I mentioned earlier, is first Peter two nine, proclaim the excellencies of him who called us out of darkness. Yep. It, Are yep. we doing that? Right. The other point that he made that I thought was important, he made a point to say that the man in question was agreeing with him as he was talking with the with the other believers that he was talking with, the man was agreeing. But when Herman talked to him about if you died tonight, do you know you'd be in heaven? He couldn't answer that. And that brings up the whole point about that we've talked about before, but it's not enough to give mental assent. Mm -hmm. The Bible says the demons believe and tremble, but, but, but they don't bend their knee. They don't believe and surrender and, and trust Christ for their righteousness before God. They don't surrender, and and that's the difference. It's it's not just a a mental assent. You can you can understand the facts, you can agree with them, you can think Jesus was a good guy, you could even believe he's the Son of God. But if you're not confessing him and turning your life and asking, repenting and asking for forgiveness and walking with him and, and trusting him, like we've said, for your right standing before God, then it's not it's not the same thing. Yeah, a mental yeah. ascent is not enough. Yeah, so. I think it's we, and I'm guilty of this. Uh, you know, <clears throat> uh, I, I've told this story many times. I won't bore people with the story. It's not a boring story. It's a great story about a guy who asked me to disciple him who'd been at church. He'd been a deacon for 20 years. But as I met with him week after week after week, I began to really have my concerns about the guy's uh, salvation. And, uh, I took him through first John and a week later I I asked him have you ever really surrendered your life to Christ I mean truly repented mm. and given your heart to Christ and similar to what Herman was just sharing tears well up in this guy's eyes and he looked at me and said I'm not saved it, it if the scriptures tell us what it means to be saved, I'm not saved. Mm. That's why I take a lot of people to First John. Go read First John. Yeah. Such a powerful, short, quick read that is kind of the. It's not about whether. It's not about works. Right. It's about has is the Lord, if the Lord and His Spirit is dwelling in us, there should be an abundance of fruit coming out of your yeah. life. We're not yeah. talking about perfection. No. We're talking about an abundance of fruit. Yep. And so as we look at the beautiful picture of this uh, solution that God has given in the, the person of Jesus Christ, when we surrender to him, we receive him. It's, it's the, uh, it's, you know, I call it the, the great exchange, mm. you know, and uh, it's, it's saving faith is an exchange of all that we are for all that Christ is. Right. And some people really don't know what Christ is. They think, well, I'll accept Jesus 
because that'll be my entrance to heaven. Mm. Oh, man, you're missing it. Okay, yeah, well, I'm looking forward to the day when I stand before Christ yep. and I enter into his presence, into his glory. Yep. But what about today? There's a great book uh, about the, the, the gospel gap, that there's a gap in the gospel when a lot of people share the gospel. Yeah. We share it as just a ticket to glory. Right. Oh, it's so much more than that. Right. That's right. Yeah. Doug's talked about that recently about about sharing it only as a only from the salvation standpoint, but but what about why we're here? Yeah. And I've heard the question asked once we're saved, why doesn't God just take us right to heaven? <laughs> right? Right. And what's the answer? The answer is, well, that's not his plan. Yeah. The answer is he has more for mm-hmm. us to do here, mm-hmm. right? Acts starts off with, in my former book, Luke writes to Theophilus, I began to tell of all the, I, I told of all the things Jesus began to do. Mm-hmm. And just because he's not here physically, bodily, doesn't mean that he's not still working. He's working through his people. Yeah. Yeah. And so he's got a lot to do still. And that's why we're here. And and are we gonna jump at that? And 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 remember how we talked about, you know, it was great that we were that we were working and sharing the gospel in the Philippines. But but just as great for me, you know, was the bonding of brothers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we know Jesus is our Lord and our Savior, but He also describes Himself as our brother. Yeah. Exactly. And so when we're doing His work. With each other, it's a it's a horizontal thing as we do it together, mm-hmm. but it's a vertical thing also as we do it with him. Yeah, and yeah. and we were talking earlier about following and getting to know him. You and I got to know each other because we worked together in the Philippines, yeah. and we've done other things now. Doesn't it make sense that we're going to get to know Jesus better and mm. follow closer if we're doing the work with him that he has for us to do that he planned before the foundation of the world? For us to do mm. and you know that that is to me just as important as or more important than it's such a great feeling to do things together as the body of christ like like herman was talking about to know like like when i first met john monger doug's friend john and i hadn't <clears throat> met john or hadn't then mm. i heard his story and i got to meet him and it was like i had known him for 10 years yeah you know, exactly. you can go any place in the world and meet another believer, and you do have that commonality, just like Herman did. Right yeah, there. and and that's the that's the body working. But but how much more do we bond with Jesus as we do the work that He has for us to do? Well, so. and we have to do that. Yeah. Our, our relationship vertically has got to be right before we can have an impact horizontally. And I mean, if if you're listening out there and you heard Herman or you've heard Doug or David or myself or anybody who, where you can share a story like that, have you ever done that? If you're listening and you ask yourself, am I being used by God? Am I allowing myself to be used by God? And to your point even earlier talking about the Philippines, it, kind of your immediate response is like, oh, man, I, I'm not gonna, I can't go to that. Right. I'm not going to raise the money. We tend to see all the hurdles. As opposed to going like it's a hurdle for God. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. the one who owns a thousand, uh, the, the the sheep on a thousand hills. Exactly. I mean, the reality is very similar to that. Was uh, the first time Doug asked me. It, literally, we're in this not this studio. We were about three studios down, and uh, just we had just wrapped up 
uh, the SWAT broadcast. This is, I don't know, six years ago, right after we kind of started SWAT radio. And Doug says, and I am literally, I've got my backpack on my shoulder, and uh, I've got my hand on the door. And Doug says, and Doug's sitting where I am. He says, hey, hang on a second. got to ask you a question. I said, what's, what's up? He said, uh, I, want you to, I want you to go to India with me. And I said, well, when? <clears throat> you know, you ever see those questions you start asking? They're really disqualifying yeah. questions. Yeah. And, Let me and, see if I can find a reason not to go. <laughs> exactly. Let me stall. And he said. Uh, <laughs> Tomorrow, he, he said. <laughs> he actually said uh, about uh, in about three weeks. And I, I, everything in me, my flesh was like, no way. Right. No way. I can't do it. I, and I could not. I, I must have had a complete brain cramp. Because I couldn't come up with a single reason, and I and I still remember there was kind of this pause, and I kind of looked up, and I thought, well, I can make a lot of excuses, mm-hmm. and I said, I'll go, and I think it took Doug by surprise, but I remember, and he's like, he got so excited, he's like, seriously? I said, yeah, I'll go. Well, I go down and get in my car, call my wife. I said, baby, I don't know what I just did, <laughs> but I'm going to India in three weeks. Changed my life. Yeah. Truly. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Say yes today. Say yes. And God will let you know if he doesn't want you to do it. Yeah. But start with yes. Yes, exactly. Uh, anyway, we're glad you were with us today. The hour always flies by. Tomorrow, please tune in for Doug's uh, repeat uh, interview with John Mazel. And Brad and I will be back on Friday on SWAT Radio. If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT radio is strengthening spiritual